Letters six to ten of the Letters of John Huss by Emile de Bonnechose, translated by Campbell Mackenzie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Letters six to ten. Letter six. To the believers in Prague he felicitates them on the constancy with which they listen to the word of god john huss a servant of jesus christ in hope to all those who love god who confess his law in expectation of the saviour with whom they desire to live for all eternity grace be with you and the peace of the lord jesus christ who offered himself as a victim for our sins to deliver us from this world of affliction and from eternal damnation according to the will of god the father to whom be the glory for ever and ever dearly beloved having learned your zeal and your progress in the word of god i render thanks unto the lord that he has deigned to enlighten you to such a point that perceiving the frauds of antichrist and his ministers you may not allow yourselves to be turned away from the truth I feel a lively confidence that his mercy will crown the work of regeneration commenced in you, and that he will not permit you to turn aside from the truth, whence many diverge through fear of danger, apprehending man, a weak sinner as he is, more than the all-powerful God, who has power both to kill and bring to life, to destroy and to save, to preserve his faithful believers in the midst of grave and numerous perils, and to give them in exchange for a brief space of suffering an eternal life of inexpressible happiness wherefore beloved do not let yourselves be borne down by terror and do not be frightened if the lord should tempt some of you by allowing the ministers of antichrist to exercise their tyranny over you god himself has said to his servant proverbs three be not afraid of sudden fear nor of the power of the wicked falling upon thee for the lord will be at thy side and will keep thy foot that thou be not taken and he has also said by the mouth of his prophet david i am with him in his day of trial i will deliver him knowing that dearly beloved consider with st james that it is fortunate for you to fall into various temptations because the trial of your faith worketh in you patience and that contributes to render you perfect and entire failing in nothing st james also says blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he hath been proved he shall receive the crown of life which god hath promised to them that love him remain steadfast therefore in the truth and act in everything like true children of god have full confidence for christ has overcome and you will overcome also remember always him who suffered so much at the hands of sinners relax not in your good resolution but laying down together the whole burden of your sins rush to the combat with your eyes fixed steadfastly on jesus who established our faith and who for a glorious object despising shame 
suffered the ignominy of the cross and is now seated at the right hand of god the creator the king the sovereign master of the world without being forced to it by his divine nature humbled himself notwithstanding his perfection to our nature he came to the assistance of us wretched sinners and supported hunger and thirst and cold and heat and fatigue and want of sleep he suffered whilst instructing us sorrow and grave affronts from the priests and scribes to such a point that they called him a blasphemer and declared him to be possessed of a devil averring that he was not god whom they excommunicated as a heretic whom they drove out of the city and crucified like one accursed if then christ supported such things from the priests he who healed all kinds of diseases without any earthly recompense by his word alone who cast out devils raised from the dead and taught the word of god who never did injury to anyone who committed no sin and who endured everything from his enemies because he discovered their wickedness if he supported such things why should we be astonished that the ministers of antichrist who are more avaricious more debauched more cruel and more cunning than the pharisees now persecute the servants of god overwhelm them with insult excommunicate imprison and kill them remember what our lord and our king said if the world hate you you know that it hated me before you if you were of the world the world would love you as being of it but because you are not of the world and because i have chosen you out of the world the world hates you remember what i say to you the servant is not greater than his master if they have persecuted me they will persecute you also they will do all these things to you on account of my name because they have not known him who sent me remember also the prophecy of our divine saviour which declares that his elect will suffer persecution from the world that is from the wicked who know neither god the father nor our lord jesus for although they confess with their lips that they know god yet they deny him by their reprobate actions it is of them that saint paul spoke to titus when he declared that their works are avarice simony debauchery and contempt of the word of god placing human traditions above the word of god and performing no work of humility charity temperance and christian love therefore is it that the wicked will not cease to persecute the saints as long as the war lasts between christ and the antichrist for saint paul has told us that all who desire to live purely in christ shall suffer persecution but the wicked shall advance in the path of perdition always deceived and deceiving others 
St. Paul teaches us by these words that all pious men will suffer persecution for Christ's sake. The wicked will be seduced and will seduce others, and their heart will swell with malice for their own destruction. It is of them that our Savior has spoken these words, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents, and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in the synagogues. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. They shall scourge you. The brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. This persecution shall last till the day of judgment. The Lord spoke in this way to his disciples in order that they might, if possible, escape from such evils. He elevated their understanding that they might be prudent and might be able to recognize by their works the devouring wolves whose veracity would swallow up the whole world. He also showed them by what signs they might know false prophets the latter not agreeing with the true prophets, either in the explanation of the Holy Scriptures or in their works. There are false Christs calling themselves the chief disciples of Christ, and yet who prove themselves by their works to be his greatest adversaries. These will seek by every means to smother and suppress the word of God, for it condemns their insolence, pride, avarice, simony, and other evil works. They have made an eruption into the churches and places of worship to prevent the word of God being preached there. But Jesus Christ has not permitted them to bring their criminal undertaking to a prosperous end. I understand that they intend destroying the chapel of Bethlehem, and that they interdict sermons in other places where the word of God is taught. But I feel a firm confidence that God will not permit them to succeed. They wanted to entwine the simple bird in a snare of citations and anathemas, and they have already set their ambush even for some of you. But if that bird which is a mere domestic fowl whose flight is circumscribed and far from lofty, has broken through their nets, how much more will other birds that soar aloft as they announce the word of God despise such ineffectual wiles? They have thrown their nets and displayed their anathemas like the image of a bird of prey to cast terror all around. They have flung about their fiery darts from the quiver of Antichrist in order to prohibit the word of God and his worship. But the more they strove to disguise their real nature, the more they rendered it visible, 
and in seeking to stretch forth their traditions like nets, they broke them to pieces. In their anxiety to gain the peace of the world, they destroyed not only it, but at the same time the spiritual peace, and in their attempts to injure others, they wounded themselves most. What happened to the priests of the Jews has befallen them, for they have lost that which they were endeavoring to retain, and have fallen into what they were striving to avoid. They hoped to succeed in stifling and putting down the truth, which always conquers. And they were ignorant that its very essence and characteristic consisted in this, that the more attempts were made to dim its luster, the more it shone brightly forth. The greater the endeavor to suppress it, the more it soared aloft. Pontiffs and priests, the scribes and Pharisees, Herod and Pilate, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, formerly condemned the truth. They crucified it and buried it, but it rose from the tomb and conquered them all, sending forth in its stead twelve preachers of the word. This same truth, instead of acting feebly and inefficiently, has sent to Prague mighty eagles, surpassing all other birds, by their piercing sight, and which, by the grace of God, fly aloft in the air and win over others to Jesus Christ, who will strengthen all those who are faithful to him. He has said, I will always be with you even unto the end of the world. If, then, God, the most powerful and just of defenders, is with us, what evil work can prevail against us? What fear, what death can separate us from him? In what shall we be the worse if for his sake we were to lose our friends, the honors of the world, or even our miserable life itself? We shall at last be delivered from our load of misery. We shall receive a hundredfold riches, infinitely more precious, friends more dear, delight more perfect, of which death cannot despoil us. For he who dies for Christ will surely partake the triumph. He is free from all misery of every kind and enjoys eternal bliss, to which our Lord Jesus Christ deigns to conduct us all. Beloved brethren, and sisters no less dear to me, I write you this letter that you may remain fervent in the truth which you have acknowledged, and that you may not pay less attention than before to the word of God on account of the cruel threats of his enemies. For God is faithful to you and will both strengthen you and keep you from evil. In fine, I beseech you, dearly beloved, to pray for those who, with the grace of God, announce the truth. Pray for me also that I may write and preach still more against the malice of hell, and that God may accord me in this combat that support which is so necessary in order properly to defend his word. You know that I do not hesitate to expose this miserable body to the peril of death for God's truth. 
being well aware that nothing will be wanting to us in his word, and that his gospel must be propagated more and more every day. Moreover, I desire to live for those who suffer violence, and who have need of the preaching of the word, in order that the malice of Antichrist may be laid open, and the good not be made its victims. I preach, therefore, in other places, and I officiate for those of whom I speak, being convinced that God's will must be accomplished in me, whether I suffer or die by Antichrist. But should I proceed to Prague, I am certain that snares will there be laid for me, and that you will be persecuted by my adversaries, who serve not God, but prevent others from serving him. We pray to God for them, however, that, if any of the elect should happen to be amongst them, they may be converted to the truth. May God accord you full understanding of these things which I write you. May he grant you perseverance, and may your heart be worthy of all these blessings, through the merits of Jesus Christ, who suffered for us the most cruel and ignominious death leaving us his example, that we may suffer the same according to his holy will. Amen. End of letter 6 Letter 7 To the same, on the same subject. The grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with all the believers in Prague who sincerely love his holy gospel. I, John Huss, the servant of God, do supplicate and conjure you, well-beloved, not to abandon the truth which God in his mercy has imparted to you. That power which has begun to operate in us, whom he has chosen out, will continue, I feel convinced, still to do so, and will give us in our temptations perseverance and strength. I myself only live by his mercy and grace. I can declare with St. Paul, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, and this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose I wot not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and the joy of faith. So did St. Paul write from his prison in Rome to the Philippians. I also say unto you, dearly beloved, that although I am not in prison, I would willingly die for Christ, and be with him. And I say also that I should be well pleased to preach to you again the word of God for your salvation. I do not know which of these would be for the best, for I have full confidence for myself in the mercy of God, and also fear that some evil may arise amongst you, which may occasion persecution against the true believers and be the cause of eternal perdition to those who believe not. 
these rejoice and desire most ardently not only to smother in me the word of god but also to shut the asylum of bethlehem where i have preached the gospel of christ to you but if god consent not their efforts will be vain and if he permit it such a misfortune will come to pass on account of the wicked as bethlehem where the lord was born and jerusalem where he redeemed us were seen to be overwhelmed to the lowest foundation as to us let us render thanks to god submitting constantly to his divine power which always assists those who love him and sets those free who suffer for his sake allotting their persecutors to eternal torments i beseech you therefore brethren not to let yourselves be cast down but rather to pray to our saviour jesus christ to give you constancy to persevere in the faith to the end and be persuaded that he will accord you the free and unmolested preaching of his word and that he will augment your strength in order to defend you from the fury of that antichrist against which he has prophesied in his holy scriptures end of letter seven letter eight to the church of prague master john huss servant of god to all who in prague are the elect of god and who love our lord jesus christ and his word wishes mercy and peace from god the father and our lord jesus christ dearly beloved i congratulate you on your listening assiduously to the word of god and our merciful saviour will assuredly send you firm and faithful guides may god through our saviour and lord jesus christ grant you mercy peace and grace for all good things in order that what you have well commenced in him you may conclude in like manner and may persevere in doing so even to the end acknowledge therefore and draw on you the mercy of god who sent his son into this world for our sakes who allowed his son to become a man and to be humiliated despised and condemned by all to such a point that when people were called in by the priests to choose between two prisoners they delivered in preference to jesus christ our saviour a robber and murderer and laughed to scorn our lord who said by the mouth of jeremiah lend an ear and behold my anguish and again see if any pain is comparable to mine he cried out to his father my god my god why hast thou forsaken me such were his plaintive words whilst suffering on the cross an ignominious death and exposed to the blasphemies of the priests who insulted him at the foot of the cross exclaiming he put his confidence in god let god deliver him if he can thou who couldst destroy the temple now come down from thy cross his cry was my god why hast thou forsaken me and why did he utter that exclamation in order that we may recognize and admire his immense mercy 
and that, supporting with him the outrages of the wicked, we may look for our refuge in him alone, in order, in fine, that we may publicly show our gratitude for his divine compassion, which has redeemed us from everlasting damnation. Such has been towards us the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who recommended his disciples to say, into whatever house they entered, Peace be unto you. And when he raised up the dead, he said to them also, Peace be with you. And before his death, when conversing with his disciples, I leave you my peace. Wherefore, dearly beloved, I implore him to accord you that same peace. May peace be with you from the Lord, that you may live honestly and soberly, in calm, in justice, and in piety, and that you may conquer your enemies and those of God, the devil, the world, and the flesh. Peace be with you from the Lord, that you may love each other and your enemies also. Peace be with you, that you may listen to his word with attention and humility. Peace be with you, that you may speak wisely and well, and that you may escape your enemies. Peace be with you, that you may learn how to be silent with advantage. For whoever listens with humility never disputes evil-mindedly with anyone. He who speaks prudently triumphs over the fool, and he who is silent in proper season rarely acts against his conscience. On account of all these things, may peace, grace, and mercy be with you. Peace, that you may have a tranquil conscience, grace, that your sins may be forgiven you, and mercy, that you may be delivered from unquenchable fire. May then peace be with you all, after this miserable life, in the bosom of eternal felicity, from God, the Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. End of Letter 8 Letter 9 To the hearers of the Word of God at Prague he fortifies them and inspirits himself against the anathemas of the Pope. I, Master John Huss, etc., etc., call on you, dearly beloved, not to allow yourselves to be disturbed on account of my absence or on account of the maledictions with which the enemies of God overwhelm me. I have faith in my Savior, and I feel confident that all things will happen, both to you and to me, for our good. Only beware of sin, and pity the fate of those who, believing that they were acting well, oppose God and his holy word, like the Jews of old, who crucified Jesus Christ, stoned Stephen, and of whom both Christ and Stephen said, they know not what they do. They cannot hurt me, whether they prepare my cross with blasphemy or overwhelm me like another Judas with abuse which they shout out in public or, in fine, fling stones against the gate of the temple and overthrow it. 
in doing such things it is against themselves that they labor and it is they who ought to tremble they have imagined certain practices of worship in conformity with human ordinances in order to subject to their will men of simple minds and to induce such to follow them but god will bestow on his believers the knowledge necessary to discern such practices and to recognize in them mere human traditions by means of which their inventions lead astray weak minds separating them from the law of god and crushing them to the earth by terrifying them with the thunders of anathemas god enjoins us to pray for such men as we believe to be in error and to declare them condemned of god but he has not ordered such snares to be laid in his temple against innocent men perhaps to judge by their letters they act in memory of the eternal damnation of dathan and abiram who unworthy as they were had presumed to pretend to the priesthood they designate by these letters all the priests who improperly usurp the sacerdotal functions through love of riches pleasure dignities or other gratifications of the flesh they pour out anathemas and vociferate like senseless disciples of judas as simonists and reprobates really are let us pray to god dearly beloved that he may deign to continue to us his blessings no anathema will then be able to reach us but the sovereign pontiff jesus christ will bless us saying come ye blessed of my father receive the kingdom which was prepared for you from the beginning of the world let us eagerly long for this blessing dearly beloved let us seek for it and await its coming living piously in this world in order to enjoy eternal life in the regions of heaven by the merits of jesus christ our lord blessed for ever and ever End of letter 9. Letter 10. Huss, whilst reminding believers of all the benefits with which the Lord has loaded us in the first coming, elevates their souls to the expectation and hope of the second coming and final judgment. John Huss, servant of God to all believers, peace and mercy from God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen your hearts, dearly beloved for the coming of our lord jesus christ is nigh you know that christ has come once already ponder on it therefore and fortify your hearts by grace and by the trial of affliction reflect dearly beloved that the son of god himself god eternal became man and humbled himself in order to help us the immortal physician came to heal our incurable sores the all-powerful lord came not to trouble the dead but to vivify the living and redeem his elect from eternal death the king of the world the supreme pontiff came to accomplish by his works the law of god he came into the world not to rule over the world but to give his life for the redemption of a great number he came 
not like a usurer to swallow up the riches of the world, but to redeem by his blood those whom sin had sold to the devil. He came, omnipotent as he is, to suffer a bloody and ignominious death from the Pharisees under Pontius Pilate, in order to free us from the power of Satan. He came, and not to destroy the elect, but to save them. As he himself has said, I have come that they may have life, that they may have life here by his grace, and still more abundantly in eternity. That everlasting life reserved for all the elect, which is unattainable to the proud, the luxurious, the avaricious, the violent, the ambitious, the intemperate, the effeminate, all, in fact, who are opposed to his words, but which shall be enjoyed by the elect alone, who listen to his law and accomplish it by their works, and who suffer persecution. Meditate, therefore, in your souls on these benefits which our Lord Jesus Christ has heaped on us by his first coming, and strengthen your hearts, dearly beloved, by grace and affliction, for the second coming of Jesus Christ is near, and with it the sentence of the great judge, infinitely wise, infinitely just, infinitely formidable, from whom neither the great nor the learned of this world can escape, whom they can neither move by favor nor by gifts, and with whom will come the just, the preachers of his word, and all that have been unjustly persecuted in the world. Nigh, then, draws the judgment of that severe and redoubtable judge, whose regard the wicked will not venture to encounter, the judgment of him at whose word all iniquity will be laid open. At his command, the bodies of the evildoers shall be delivered to the flames, and their souls shall dwell for all eternity with the devils, having heard from the mouth of God that just and terrible sentence, Depart to the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Meditate, then, dearly beloved, on these two things, the benefits of the Savior at his first coming and his justice and judgment at his second advent, and fortify your hearts by grace and the cross. And when you suffer, arouse yourselves, lift up your heads, that is to say, your minds, for your deliverance is nigh at hand, your deliverance from every misery and from the eternal damnation which we shall be saved from at the voice of that equitable judge who has said, Come to me, beloved of my fathers, receive the heavenly kingdom that is prepared for you. Amen. End of Letter 10 End of Letters 6 through 10 of the Letters of John Huss by Emile de Bonnechose. Translated by Campbell Mackenzie.